And we're back on the hunt with Supernatural Season 5, Episode 20, Bedevil You Know. I'm Chris Barrows. And my name is Dan Cummins. Welcome back to the best Supernatural podcast on the air. This is the show where Chris and I rewatch our favorite show, Supernatural. We break down the plot, topics, and themes of each episode and maybe dig out details that you missed the first time around. Chris, can we pull back the curtain for just a minute here? Now, oftentimes, Chris, what we do is we rewatch an episode, we hop on here, we give our reactions, and then we do the same thing the next week, right? Sometimes, though, we will actually rewatch two or three episodes and we'll record a few of them ahead of time just to get ahead of schedule. I think actually for the purpose of today's episode, Chris, that latter strategy actually enhances that that this episode and the next episode, Two Minutes to Midnight, I think actually if you watch those back to back, it improves the experience for both. Not the case oftentimes, Chris. I think a lot of the time I personally like to watch one a week because you pay attention more to the individual details. But I think because this is such a lore heavy episode, and really, honestly, they bleed into each other. I think actually watching both of them back to back is the best viewing experience. So if anybody is you know, rewatching along with us, that's my two cents. What do you think about that, Chris? Did you rewatch this one along with the next one or did you watch this by itself? I watched actually the, the, these two plus the finale all within a row. And right. I will argue the finale I could have watched whenever it would have been fine. This one in particular, uh, plus the next episode, they do go together perfectly. Plus, it is very much about finding pestilence. And then there's pestilence. So right. to me, it, it it does blend very well as a two-parter. It's almost an unofficial two-parter in my mind. Uh, just because it, it just kind of runs that way with just the plot line. And you're right, it's lore heavy. I mean, we had some filler. Though I, I've been listening back just a little bit to, and reading our notes. We had some filler, but I'll tell you, outside of one episode, the filler's been solid. And and I've been very happy this season. We're going to get into, you know, ultimately where this season falls when we get to our, our recap in just a few weeks. But in this one, I was really excited. So I think that's part of the reason I ended up watching, too. Let's just get into it. The fact that it is called The Devil You Know. It aired April 29th in 2010. Robert Singer directed an IMDb rating of 8.6. But in this one, we've got Crowley who says, I want to help you guys find pestilence now it's crowley so you know there's more on the table than just helping the boys it's never one thing it, it goes both ways with crowley he is a crossroads demon still at this point that's you know that's the, the reality of it he is not truly the king of hell at this point he will become the king of hell but he is clearly the most intelligent and cunning of all the crossroad demons we've ever met so he's a, a very interesting character in my opinion he is and he will become sort of a villain character later not to say he isn't right now chris but he wants to help the boys ice the devil because he needs to save himself right that really is his motivation he realizes that or at least he theorizes brady actually doesn't agree later in the episode but crowley thinks that if lucifer wins He's going to get rid of all the demons, despite the fact that he created the demons himself, right? It's kind of like eating your own kids. 
uh, Crowley doesn't believe he's going to survive the apocalypse either. And so that really is what prompts him to help Sam and Dean. This really, Chris, feels like the introduction to Crowley. I know we've seen him before. I know it's not the official introduction, but we really get to see who he is as a character in this one. And I really love the beginning scene, how he sort of just appears in the car and the boys are livid because you have to remember, we haven't seen Crowley since Ellen and Joe died. And they really are the reason, or he is the reason why they ended up dying because he gave him the cult and he said, you guys can kill Lucifer with this gun. Turns out that was not the truth. Ended up getting their friends killed, right? So they have this moment of confrontation, but really most of the episode is them working with Crowley to try to find pestilence. And it's a very interesting dynamic. Mark Shepard is, I mean, he's just phenomenal, Chris. The the charisma, this guy just oozes charisma. I mean, watching him on screen really is a pleasure. And I know where this character is going, and so it's bittersweet for me, Chris. I'm watching him in this episode, and I really do love his performance. And it just makes me feel bad, ultimately, that he doesn't get the ending that he deserves. I know we're in season five. I know we have 10 more seasons to go. I, ju- I just can't help but focus on the fact that he's going to stick around maybe a little too long. And he's going to get, you know, not the ending he deserves. We, we talked about it when we initially introduced him as well. And, right. and I know I mentioned this then. But the bottom line is, if we focus in the now, Crowley does pop in. He basically said, yeah, I know all the details of what you're doing. I put a magical coin in your Impala, so that's how I can find you. Because we have to explain, how the hell did you find me? Because we've right. got we've got stuff burned into our, you know, chest. So there, there's the answer. Crowley basically says, all right, we got to go do something. Uh, yeah, you're not coming because Sam has tried to kill him multiple times. Yeah. He, 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 I, I genuinely think he's afraid of Sam. I, I really do because I really think he knows he can work with Dean a little bit, but he does not think Sam and him can in any way partner. And in reality, this is always the case. Sam never really is, you know, on side with Crowley. Dean could kind of play the side and say, well, it's it's the devil we know as this episode is, right? But Sam, not so much. And to the point that eventually Dean and him are kind of buddies, as we're going to get into for a few episodes. And and actually a storyline that I wish went longer, quite frankly, when that actually happened. But I don't want to go that far ahead. Let's go in this one, the point that Crowley knows about a guy named Brady who works at a pharmaceutical company and can communicate with pestilence. And I want to talk about two things. One, you start to make this Croatoan connection of, oh, crap, Mm -hmm. pharmaceuticals, we can get those everywhere. That's not good. Like anyone who's been watching the show, they don't have to spell it out for you. You can kind of do the math on the openings with these episodes. The other thing is, uh, and they do tell us this, by the way. I mean, this is it's very obvious, but I'm saying I don't think you need to be told much. But the way he communicates with pestilence is so cool. Like there's flies coming out of his ball. It was just, it was very neat to see. And I, when I first, we first started talking about the horsemen, I kind of put pestilence as weaker. I'm taking back my comment. Pestilence mm-hmm. is arguably the second strongest because, and we, and, and maybe it's because we get more of him. Maybe it's because they build him up. Maybe, as you said in an earlier episode, they've learned their lesson. I'm not sure. 
but they wrote all these scripts. So they plotted it this way as the likelihood, but Pestilence, man, I, I'm excited for him to appear on screen. And that's what the cool part I think about this buildup is. So I really enjoyed that, but I love the conversation. The flies coming out of like the bowl of like red blood and it's just really neat. Yeah, it is. And I, I agree with you, Chris. I do think Pestilence is the second strongest. And I do wonder if that is due to his resistance to Lucifer. There's a scene where Pestilence is talking to one of his demons. Uh, they're in the hospital, I believe. And uh, Sam and Dean show up, right? They, they track him down. He's in the hospital. And the demon says, Sam and Dean are here. And Pestilence goes, great, bring him in. We're going to kill him. And the demon says, no, we have orders. You, we have to protect the vessels, right? Orders coming from Lucifer and Pestilence says, no, fuck that. Screw Lucifer. I'm going to do what I want. Right. And Pestilence sort of has his own agenda, Chris. Yes, he is uh, binded to Lucifer, right? He is tied down, but he doesn't care as much to carry out his orders as much as like war or famine was. I think it, it could be argued that. And perhaps that's why he is a little bit stronger. He doesn't really care to follow the rules as much as the others. But in this case, it's interesting because we're going to see that right in this next episode. But we have Brady here who's extremely loyal. Right. I mean, he's like basically like, screw you guys. Like, I'm I'm not going to help you. I mm -hmm. screw I I do this. I'm dead. If you killed me, I'd be dead anyways. So like, I don't really win in this. Why would I help you? And Brady's really tight on this. But the great thing is we learn why Brady we learn why Brady's so important in this episode mm -hmm. and it sets up something that comes in the finale, um, which is a phenomenal scene of Lucifer inside Sam's head, which we're not going to talk to till then, but well, I should say it's Lucifer has taken over at that point. So there's a whole mind battle happening, but we, we start to learn, wait a minute, there's been a demon all along who had maybe helped Sam get where he is. And that is the fact that Brady is an old college buddy. And Brady did something really critically important. He introduced him to Jessica. And to bring that connection back, I mean, you want to talk about what makes the first five seasons of the show good. Everything's connected this season. Mm -hmm. Every little thing. And that moment, I had honestly forgotten. I knew Brady... I remember Brady was a demon. I forgot the line about the connection. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, crap, that's right. And so that I, I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, and, and for me, that's just uh, it makes these great moments. But it's also why Sam was not trusted on this trip. Now, it wasn't just that Crowley, though, I do think I, I will stand by what I said. I think Crowley has is a little afraid of Sam, a little afraid. Because uh, he's got yeah, enough people he, after him, but he should he should be afraid. <laughs> Sam is terrifying in this episode, Chris. But Crowley, Crowley also knew that he would react poorly to this. So, I mean, can you imagine Sam walking into that room to try to kidnap him? Um, and let's let's talk a little about Dean in this one because Crowley sets Dean up pretty pretty badly in this one too because Dean has no chance of fighting off this demon whatsoever. And Crowley acts like, yeah, you'll be fine. You go sweet talk him. Yeah, he, he's bait. And uh, at, when he's getting his ass kicked, Crowley shows up. Eventually, you know, he uh, he secures Brady. He goes, that's what you get for working with the demon. You know, he's not going to tell you all the secrets. Yes, you are going to get what you want at the end of it because you're partnering up. But to get there, not going to be a smooth ride. I really can I just say, Chris, I love the introduction of Brady 
it brings us back to where the show started, which is Sam has a major part to play in the entire arc of season one through season five. So the fact that we're going back all the way to college, his sophomore year, in fact, um, I think is really critical. And I think it's really also kind of funny, Chris, that like Brady is the devil on his shoulder. You know, you think about like those classic cartoons and when you're making the right decisions, the wrong decisions, you have sort of those cartoon devils and angels on your shoulder. Yep. Turns out Brady was the devil all along. And Sam had no idea because Brady, uh, as he goes on to explain, was possessed by a demon, went off the rails right around sophomore year, Thanksgiving break. Uh, He ended up dropping out of pre-med, started partying hanging out with a lot of girls and Sam tried to help him. He really did. But Azazel yellow eyes ultimately was concerned that Sam was losing his potential. And so Brady was possessed and was instructed to introduce Sam to Jess. And therefore Brady ended up murdering Jess. And this is a sort of a, a plot hole that we've had since the beginning, Chris, we don't really know how Jessica ever died. We just know that she died the same way that Mary died. Right but we never actually got the answer as to who did it. Now we do. So you can understand why Sam would be upset to be face-to-face with this guy after he hears that. And let me tell you, dude, the snarl on Sam's face this entire episode. I, listen, I'll, I'll backpedal as much as I can, Chris. Jared, in this episode, I thought he was really great. I think when he's playing this angry, you know, uh, vengeance hungry character i think jared really really shines and i he's terrifying dude this guy is massive i think the camera even tried to play up the fact that jared is this massive force of a man i mean there's a lot of shots of uh looking up at jared because i think brady is tied into a chair right and so jared looks even more intimidating i really love how they are starting to show that Sam is, like I said, a force, right? Sam, and and as we learn in this episode, he's considering saying yes. He's asking Bobby, hey, how did you do that a couple seasons ago, right? How can I overcome Lucifer if I say yes? And I think we're starting to show Sam in a better light, or perhaps we're, we're starting to look at Sam as a stronger individual because we know he's going to do that deed. And I thought it was really interesting the way the uh, the director here um, did that visually and, of course, through dialogue as well. Uh, Sam, we have to I'm really paying attention to what he does in this episode because, Chris, we are not far away from him saying yes to the devil himself. And that is I mean, it's something we've been talking about for seasons now. But I also reconnect this. We're we're getting to that point. So I think it's the time to say this. You talk about and this is why I, I if I, I might be sort of giving away how I feel with season five, quite frankly, with this, but I don't care. Sure. I, if we look at the episode where Bobby is possessed and fights back, it was a distinct decision. Right. Because now there is a line of dialogue where you have Sam asking that question. So, so I think as we're talking about that, it shows interconnection. It There's just so many details that really all connect in a way that most shows never do it. And you usually don't hit so many points yeah. that go back to season three or a season two or a season one of a show you can't do that over a 15 season arc right. in all fairness you can't no one has done that well um maybe i i always joke i learned gray's anatomy is still on air today maybe they've done things i don't know i'm that's obviously a joke um i don't think gray's anatomy cares about continuity of anything um but supernatural was not always great on continuity in the later seasons per se you could argue they they definitely jumped the shark, right, at, at certain points. But 
Oh yeah. In this case, yeah. I mean, I love that connection. Now, when Sam eventually locks himself in the room with Brady, and you think he's gonna kill him, and he doesn't. He says, "I understand." You have a really scary Sam, in my opinion, in the fact that he can be pissed off, but he knows what's on the line. So this is the most primed and ready Sam yeah. you're going to have for this situation. But then it all comes back to the picture with a hellhound sound. And Crowley's like, yep, I'm out. And it's just a great moment because you're called back to season three. And we mm. talked about the you know we were talking about the other day and i and i know some people are saying well there's not that many non-humanoid monsters i think there's enough humanoid monsters for the debate but on reddit we had talked about what's your scariest non-humanoid monster hellhounds are frightening i mean you talked about holy oil before and that you can use that to some extent but i'm sorry they're not going away they're invisible they're vicious and all i can think about when i think about hellhounds is them ripping dean apart in front of sam in season three and some would argue, well, if you did a four, three or three to five season show and Dean never came back, well, well, that would have been brutal. It's kind of eliminated a little bit of how bad that death was. I'm like, no, it, it doesn't. That death was horrifying. Dean went to hell. He tortured. And then they started it, the whole thing all lines up. Yeah. It's not a use. It, it was a very poignant death regardless. But hellhounds, you hear them. Even, even like I said, at that point, Crowley is gone, right? Now, he comes back because they're they're looking around. Brady is frightened. You want to oh, understand something. You've got Brady frightened. Crowley goes away. Hellhounds RV, one of the scariest monsters on the show. Then we down the road, we do a, an episode about just our scariest monsters, in our opinion. Hellhounds are going to be on my list. I'll say it right now. They frighten the crap out of me, yeah. out of all these monsters. Yeah, you know what's scarier than a hellhound, Chris? Crowley's hellhounds yes. he comes back with what looks to be uh, a four or five foot tall hellhound I mean we're talking a great Dane hellhound and he's standing there and I mean Sam Dean and Brady are, are absolutely shaking in their boots but Crowley shows up with this monster of a hellhound and he says sick him boy and they all get the hell out of there they run into the Impala and eventually they get what they want from Brady, which is the whereabouts of pestilence, right? So we now understand where we're going to go, right? The mission now has a direction. Uh, and ultimately, Sam gets to kill Brady. And it was a really interesting scene, Chris, because, I mean, Brady tries to break Sam down with his words, sort of his last words, if you will, to say, you know, you want to kill me, but just know, Sam, we're not that different. You know, maybe you let me into your life because we have the same thing running in our veins, right? Trying to make Sam feel like he isn't strong enough. He isn't worth it. And Sam, to his credit, like once again, as you just said a few minutes ago, Chris, he holds it in because he understands there's a greater mission. There's a greater purpose for that anger. And he doesn't let it out on Brady. He does kill him because they no longer need Brady. Um, but nonetheless, I thought it was a really great scene to sort of end the episode, but that's not all because we have sort of a, an after credit scene, Chris, where Crowley shows up at Bobby's house. Yeah. And this is interesting because Crowley and Bobby haven't met yet. So Crowley doesn't really know Bobby. Bobby doesn't really know Crowley. Um, and ultimately what happens is he says, listen, I know you've been talking to Rufus. I know you've been talking to other hunters. You want to find out where death is so you can get that fourth ring, right? 
That is the other part of this mission. Yes, you need to find pestilence, but also you need death. How are you going to find death? Well, eventually, Crowley's going to help him find death. But first, he needs something in return. He needs a soul just for, <laughs> what do we call this, Chris? I mean, the soul, Bobby's soul really is, and Crowley will say this, it really is just like leverage, right? It's a deposit so that Sam doesn't kill him. He understands that Sam and Dean are hunters and they don't trust Crowley. Yes, they need him right now, but guess what? If Crowley has Bobby's soul in his back pocket, he's safe from, from dying for a little bit. And so I thought that scene was really interesting because I did find myself in the episode, Chris, wondering, well, what's stopping the boys from just icing Crowley as soon as they get what they want from him, right? And I, I kind of forgot about the whole Bobby soul exchange thing. It was really smart on Crowley's end, I thought. Well, I and I just speaking of what you said earlier, this is the Crowley true intro episode because we see his brilliance. He cons Dean into going up, getting his ass kicked, still getting yeah. what they want. Dean's still functioning despite being pissed off because he understands what they have to do. He gets a soul to protect himself. He does everything you want to talk about and and. It's debatable because he kind of falls into that Loki Loki category of goodbye, good guy, bad guy. Like he has helped the boys so much in this show. Right. But when he is a villain, he is very much like Lucifer. He is incredible. Um, and arguably, I've arguably has a better arc until the end. Like I, at a certain point. I'm with you and we'll have to talk about that. And I think he'll deserve him and Lucifer. And at the end of this show, when we get to 15 scenes, I feel like we'll have some episodes to do just examining some of the key characters mm-hmm. and who had the best arc, who had the worst arcs, but I- I'm with you here. Crowley. It's his own episode in a lot of ways. Yeah. Phenomenal. And you know what? We know death is coming and the, the introduction of death which we're going to get to talk about next episode is the single greatest introduction, in my opinion, to a villain. You can argue it's the greatest introduction of all for any character, though some will tell you Castiel. So a fair debate, but I'm sorry. It's one of the two. It's one of two for a villain by by far the best. And and I realize when I'm saying this in a season when, when Lucifer came out of a hole of blinding light, but we didn't really see him. So I'm sorry, this is, I, I will put that down and people can debate me on that one. Uh, some fun stuff in this one, Dan. That opening yeah. scene, you see uh, Herpexia on the wall. That's the, in Changing Channels, the the herpes drug uh, that Sam had to say he had, uh, so was funny. taking. Um, yeah. But that was from Changing Channels. What a great episode. Um, you want to talk about just a, a fun, fun episode. That one was fantastic. Yeah, really fun. And again, it's just one of those details, Chris, they didn't have to throw in there, but they did just to have fun. You might recall the episode uh, with uh, Sam um, uh, switching bodies with the teenager in this season, and they threw, you know, Busty Asian Beauties magazine in a box, and it's on screen for like just a second, like blink and you'll miss it type of stuff. I really love when they include little details like that, because it is for fans like us that analyze every single scene. Really funny. Uh, another funny reference here, Chris. Crowley will often, for the rest of the series, refer to Sam as Moose. Uh, but this is the first time. And uh, there's a really great clip, Chris, on YouTube, if you if you just want to do a quick search in your free time, of uh, Mark Shepard talking. I think it's at a Supernatural convention. But he, he explains why uh, he does call Sam Moose. 
and where that nickname came from. It's a really good watch, really funny. Um, I, I'm not even going to try to retell that story because, I mean, Mark Shepard, I just like listening to that guy talk. So if you're interested to know the origin story of uh, the nickname Moose, it's worth the Google search there. Um, and the last one here, Chris, the episode shares the title of an album released by the band Heaven and Hell in April of 2009. What a good title, man. I mean, the devil you know. Of course, Sam knew Brady. He is the devil that he knew. I mean, they've done such a good job with these titles, Chris. And that is uh, not an exception in our next episode. Our next episode is Two Minutes to Midnight. And that's perfect because, I mean, this is the 11th hour, Chris. After this one, we've got the finale. I mean, it's crazy to say that, but we are almost done with season five and therefore the original series. Really excited to come back uh, here with you, Chris, and talk about that one. Uh, If you like the show, be sure to follow us on Reddit. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. We're starting engaging conversations over there. Really fun prompts, uh, polls, all that good stuff. Of course, please subscribe to the show if you like what you hear. And uh, leave some feedback. Chris and I always love to hear what people think of the show. We're always taking suggestions. We really just want to make this uh, a fun experience for everyone. So um, with that, we hope you do come back for Two Minutes to Midnight. Yeah, so come back for Two Minutes to Midnight. And I'd say it's fair to, to go from there that that is it for this week. But we will be back because, after all, we've got work to do.